you are listening to the GAFCAST. We're going to bring you to new heights and show you places you've never been. Tune in, sit down, get a warm can of Tesco Lager and sit down and enjoy this episode of GAFCAST. Pubs will hardly ever open again. We're going to go all around the world and back again. We're going to cover everything here at the GAFCAST. And I hope you're ready. I hope you're strapped in. They reckon that vaccine's hard dodgy. Keep your arms inside the vehicle at all times. So you are listening to the GAFCAST. And shit is about to get real. That Fergal Bower is over there. What's crack? Gives me great pleasure to welcome you to this episode of the Gaffcast with me, the host, Darren Gaffney. Willkommen, as I would say in Germany, to this episode. Recording here on a lovely January, lovely cold, or not really, kind of mild January evening. How's the January going? Or a lot of people seem to be doing dry January. A lot of hours out there, dry enough hours anyway, don't have to do dry January. But um, yeah, how's the dry January going if you're doing it, as opposed to the wet, moist January? <laughs> um, everyone gearing up for a bit of ripping and tearing in February, it seems. But anyway, I was away there, I was in Edinburgh there, um, earlier in the week. Um, some spot, Edinburgh, I'd never actually been there before. Um, I'd never even been to Scotland before. Um, <clears throat> no, I'd never been to Scotland before. <laughs> so there's an, there's an factorino. An ember, nice spot. Um, Harry Potter vibes of the city. Um, it's kind of like cobbly streets and narrow streets and a bit old, kind of... Uh, yeah, I don't know how to describe it. Like Just kind of Harry Potter vibes. <laughs> um like, it was a flu into Glasgow there. And you wouldn't get Harry Potter vibes now of Glasgow. It'd be more kind of, I could get stabbed here at any moment vibes. Uh, Glasgow is a bit, um, mm, bit more um, kind of industrious. Kind of, you'd want, you'd want to keep your wits about you kind of job. Whereas Edinburgh is a bit more kind of cultural. Castles and shit. And... Uh, yeah, really, lots of fucking hills and stuff. Because walking and a few tight hills, like you'd be, your calves would be burning. Um, but it's cool though. It's kind of like dimly lit <laughs> uh, vibes. Cool city to just hip about in. Um, you can see why J.K. Row- J.K. Rowling, <laughs> J.K. Rolling down the hill, uh, wrote. Well, was inspired for some of Harry Potter, Harry Pothead. Uh, in Edinburgh so you can she actually wrote it in like um, well she did write some of it the Harry Potter the first book anyway what's the first book the Philosopher's Stone um, in the cafes and stuff in Edinburgh Um, I've never actually seen like you always get a bit of like abuse from Harry Potter fans like I actually never watched the movies like I've seen clips and stuff, like when you'd be hanging about the house over Christmas, it's like, but I was not Harry Potter film on. Like I kind of pieced together all the bits. Never actually watched the full movies. I suppose probably because I'm always in the back of my head, like, oh, I shall read the other books at some point, even though I never will. Like I said that about Game Game of Thrones as well. I shall read them books, like, because it feels good, like, oh, I'll read books. You know, <laughs> that's how I play the games. Uh, but no, I never probably will read them. Uh, and I probably never will watch the movies. Well, I will maybe sometime to get around to it. 
kind of like everyone's like, oh man, you have to see them. Like it did, obviously like they're really good. Um, I mean, it's probably a waste not to have seen them, but anyway, J, uh, yeah, J.K. Rowling, some woman, um, wrote the L, wrote some of Harry Potter when she was there. Uh, I think she, um, she got married. She went to, she went to Porto, uh, beyond in Portugal, and she met a Portuguese lad, <laughs> I think, and uh, he was a bit of a cunt. He was like a right old cunt, um, but she got married to him anyway, and they had a child, and then she, yeah, she landed back, and I think she gapped him, and she went up to her sister in Edinburgh, um, yeah, and the child, she brought the child with her, and she was living with, or she was living above in Edinburgh somewhere, and yeah, she fucking divorced your man, um, so she did, and then uh, I think she got like a loan or something off a friend. And she moved into like, or she moved up to, to an apartment in Leith, Leith, I think it's called or something in North Edinburgh, um, an old port kind of area, and yeah, she had like f- fucking uh, no money, man. She was basically in poverty, living with the child, and she just started bashing out the book because she had nothing else to, she's nothing else to lose. So she like wrote the philosopher's stone. When she was like in near poverty. That's mad too, because she's like the world's first billionaire author. That's fair fucks to her. And like, she just whacked it out. Like, how would you even get the idea for Harry Potter? Harry Potter? Keep going to call him Harry Pothead. Um, and all that crack and Hermione and what's the ginger lad called? Ron Weasley. <laughs> Ron Weasley. Um, yeah, the whole thing. Fucking hell. She must have some imagination as a uh, yeah that's mental and um i seen as well she was like she was like fucking she was broke as shit and had like no money and supporting that child got the divorce and like before that her husband had been like abusive and stuff she like got the idea for the dementors <laughs> uh which featuring the prisoner of Askbab. i know Askban, sorry prisoner of Askban. and yeah that was like folks uh Inspired from her, like, or came from, like, her uh, depression and stuff, too. So, whatever them sucking, soul-sucking Dementors, whatever the fuck. Just see, and, uh, yeah, and then the Prostor Stone, she finished it in, like, uh, 1995. After, like, writing most, most of it in, like, cafes and stuff about Edinburgh. And then it got published in 97. But, like, the mad thing is, she wrote, like, you could see why she got the idea for uh, Harry Potter. In Edinburgh, because it's that kind of vibe, like <laughs> the vibe, man. And uh, yeah, I was over there and I was good at a crack, got a flight over. Flight, uh, cheaper flights at Ryanair, you know. Flight over there costs less than a chicken chow mein in Chinese. So, uh, fair play to you, Michael O'Leary. Or, or although, like, they'll uh, probably the old cheap flights aren't great for global warming, but look, we'll say nothing, get a cheap flight uh, over to Edinburgh or. Anywhere around Europe with a bit of Ryanair. Like, you're not paying for... And people give out about Ryanair. Like, because, like, customer service is atrocious. And, like, <laughs> you're absolutely squeezed in the plane. Your knees, like, no blood going no blood going down here. Their blood vessels would be fairly um, busting. There's no room. A cramp, like. Um, but you'd be giving out. But, like, that's what you're... You're getting the cheap flight, aren't you? As I, as, as I say. <clears throat> you're not paying for no thrills. So you're not. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, that is the, the crack, yeah. And I was, so it was over there, and uh, it was a good bit of, good bit of banter over there now. Uh, even like just though when you do go to a different city, like fuck, like the transport over here is so shite. Like we just know when you go away, like there's no there's no hassle or anything. Like you can't even you can pay by card and stuff and buses over there. Good luck to paying by car. Well, I don't know if you can pay in card in Dublin bus now. <laughs> but like it's such a mission. You have to have like the exact change. I remember like was it like you had to like get your leap card and be like, oh, I'll get your leap card. So the card you could use in Dublin bus. And you can top it up online. So you're like, all right, grand. So at least I can top it up. Like you woke up in the morning, you had no money in your car. You're like, right, I'll top this up quick. But then you had to go into the shop to load the money onto your card. That is ridiculous. Like, so you, you top up like 20 euro at home in the, in the house, but you still have to go on into the shop uh, and get them to put it on the card reader thing to load it on. It's like, sure... I could just go into the shop and give them a 20 euro there. Like buying it at home is no difference. Then you have to have the exact change as well. And the Dublin bus drivers wouldn't be um, the most courteous to a big, sh- like, they only two or big stupid tourists, like, coming with a big 50 euro note. <laughs> and they want the exact change. Ah, here, buddy, it's supposed to have the exact change. Or, never mind, didn't do that Dublin accent there. Moving on. Uh, moving on in the news this week. Actually, the news is, is hopping all over the spot uh, there lately. There's lots of. That's a funny and stories going on in the news. Um, <laughs> when I actually come in, uh, come into the, the house the other day and opened the door, and the old boy was sitting there, and there was a lad on the news talking, and the the it was on RT News, and the the channel was actually muted, so it was just a lad talking, but I couldn't hear what he was saying. <laughs> and the old boy turns to me and he goes, "That lad lost his flute." <laughs> And zero, zero context. I was like, well, what are you on about? But apparently, <clears throat> he didn't actually lose it. His flute was stolen. Um, stolen food. His flute got stolen uh, in Belfast, <clears throat> which is uh, really, really sad. Um, he, might, he was saying, like he was saying on the news, that his flute uh, was irreplaceable. And his, he said it was his precious flute. Um, yeah, and he's like, he's taking the social media uh, to help find his flute. And <laughs> he um, he said that his flute um, that had got stolen was like an extension of himself. Um, yeah, I know how you feel that. I'd hate if my flute got stolen. Uh, someone, you know, someone stole his flute. And he is now fluteless. So it's a f- his flute is worth about four grand. So it's a pricey enough old flute, or you know. Um, I hope he finds it though, because like that is shite. Um, he's not talking about his willy, by the way. He's actually he's talking about his um, his instrument. He's, he's an old trad player, you know what I mean. So anyway, yeah, if anyone has seen that flute floating about, apparently it's a it's a rare kind of one. I actually can't play the flute myself. Never took it on. Never took it on. I can play the tin whistle though. Bit of Kerry Polka here and there. Play the recorder. Why, like, why did they teach the recorder? Like, do you know you have to learn an instrument in school? Why did they take out that shit instrument? Because like, if anyone ever wants to hear some cunt playing the recorder, like, that's a shite instrument. Like, would they not teach kids, I don't know, yeah, it's probably because it's cheap, but like, even all the Tim Whistle, like, 
You can, I remember in secondary school, like, to be teaching people to record, what a fucking bullshit instrument. Like, if I was at a family gathering and they're like, oh, like, like one of the cousins, like, oh, little, I don't know, little Lisa there has a fl- uh, recorder and she'd take it out and play it, I'd be like, fuck off that, Lisa. No one wants to hear that shit instrument. <laughs> and, um, oh, yeah, down, um, down south where the land is nice and flat in Carlow, um, I had probably heard that story, uh, the old pension story, doing the rounds, the round arenas. Um, yeah, two men were arrested for bringing in a dead man, <laughs> a dead man to collect his pension. Uh, Padre Doyle, 66 years of age, was dead when the two men brought him in to the post office to get his pension in Carroll Town. <laughs> uh, yeah, fucking hell, that's funny. They said they knew something was up when he became really heavy. They said they said that like they didn't know he was dead until like when they brought him in, <laughs> which sounds like a bit of a fib. Um, yeah, but apparently the pension age has risen so much in Ireland that you now actually have to be dead to collect it. Boom, <laughs> uh, yeah, they were arrested for that. So I don't even know what like what even law they're breaking there. Hey, um, bringing in a dead man to collect the pension—that is grim. Like, how much even is pension? Like, why, like, um, I can be stuck for a few pounds to do that now. Like, fair enough if they were, like, I don't know, if they were bringing in a dead man or something to try to rob a bank. I don't even know why you'd be doing that, but, like, do you know what I mean? At least if they're robbing hate money. But robbing out pension, like, it's not worth it, lad. Just, like, surely, surely you can find about some, you can just get a job or something. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, I don't know what the outcome of that story will be. Uh, bleak though very bleak oh and uh, in international news <laughs> actually yeah international news um, this is a mad story um, you seen there last week in uh, over in England there was a a heart transplant done on this fella but uh, it was actually a pig's heart that your man got um, David Bennett or something like that um yeah, so basically, like, his heart was fucked. And they did, like, it was the first ever uh, pig's heart transplant. So they gave him a pig, like, he got the heart transplant in his grand or whatever. But this was on the news, like, so obviously it's a big story. And uh, there was this woman at home watching it. And she recognised a man that could got the pig's heart. She was like, what the fuck? I know that lad. <laughs> um, and apparently now, the lad that got the pig's heart that saved his life actually stabbed someone back in like 1988 and uh, left your man paralyzed that he stabbed and you won your man that was paralyzed his sister was watching the news sitting down drinking her tea and eating a biscuit <laughs> she was like that's the bastard stabbed my brother and paralyzed him he got jailed for 10 years for it like but um yeah he got out whatever and now he got the pig's heart and she was like that cunt doesn't deserve that uh, pig's heart <laughs> she wasn't happy uh, there was no row back in 1988 and he stabbed him um, there you go now there's an old uh, it's a philosophical question there does your man got the pig's heart deserve it because he stabbed someone back like 30 years ago I don't know if he deserves it or not he'd hardly last too long on a pig's heart anyway do you know what I mean you can't kind of expect him to die in a couple of days well yeah I don't know how successful that is how does that even work hey 
Imagine how would you go about transplanting a fucking heart? You know, how that's that is that's mad stuff. Um yeah. You'd be earning every dollar there. So you would like opening someone up and taking out I wonder did they bring the pig in pig bring the pig in and just shoot him in the head and then open no, you wouldn't do it, you just bring the heart in. Uh you <laughs> be doing that now. Um an abattoir. Isn't that where you shoot pigs, whatever. Um yeah, but the man's tipping away on beating on the pig's heart. Um fucking hell, that is mental. And uh yeah, fucking hell, and um what about the sneaky Russians? Vladimir Putin uh, pulling a sneaky one. Well, first of all, he's like um sending all the troops to the border with Ukraine. Um and then so he's like they're obviously planning an invasion in Ukraine again, um, which is not great. And um they are like sending um, over ships and stuff to do tests and off the Irish coast and it's not like in uh, it's not in Irish territorial wars but it's in like the economic area for like the fishermen and stuff so technically it's not actually breaking international law but they're going to be running a load of tests and shit and it's just not great <laughs> um, so there are like Ireland Ireland have no defence at all do we even have we had fungi and Wally the Wallers to defend us against <laughs> foreign invasion um, but uh, Fungi's gone missing now all you have is Wally the Wallers I don't know if he's up to the task but uh, <laughs> do Ireland even have do we even like to have we probably have an old boat like an old hip shite <laughs> the Navy an old boat with a fucking what do you call it um, with like a cannon on it <laughs> cannonball fire big cannonball at the Russians um, and like do we have an Air Force like an old an old ratly old plane chucking along. <laughs> right. See someone saying we should use Ryanair. <laughs> use the Ryanair planes. Oh, that'd be fucking funny. Um, <laughs> send up a commercial airliner to drive into them. Oh, fuck. Um, but yeah, the Russians are going over and they're going to pull off a few tests. But it takes it to down to southwest, somewhere over there. But the cork fishermen are having none of it. Bye. Um yeah, they're gonna they're gonna <laughs> sail out into the area and basically tell the Russians to fuck off. <laughs> That's classic cork, hey. Be right keen driving the boat. Telling the fucking Russians to go back to Russia. Um I don't know how like how that standoff is gonna go, like Russians coming over with the big navy warships and the the cork fishermen wheeling over <laughs> throwing out a fishing bait at them. Catch cast out and try fucking catch a bait in their face. Uh, that's going to be funny as fuck. I'd love to see a video of that. But it actually would not be funny if the Russians pulled something really sneaky and like started fucking, I don't know, trying to start war on Europe. Because they have they have Europe by the uh, by the balls because um, we're relying on their natural gas from Russia. So, yeah, it's it's not great now. After the, after the fucking restrictions being eased and the whole lot and everything going back, the Russians have to fucking cause this shite. Why can't Vladimir Putin just chill beans? Anyway, he's playing he's playing his cards now and uh he seems it's the right time. And the poor Ukrainians as well, like they're expecting um a bit of an old invasion there. World War Three, like, and also only after getting out of the old COVID crack. You think he'd uh you think Putin would be like, here, like, come on now. Like give them they're only after being after restrictions, let's have a bit of crack. 
And like Ireland's defensive strategy is, is like, because we really spend no money on like defense, like two euro a year. So like we, <laughs> our defensive strategy is like, ah, oh, sure, look, they'll never invade us because like, they think we're good crack. Ah, oh, should we not bother? Man, with Ireland, like they're good crack. But uh, yeah, the Russians are, are tipping over anyway. Second half, you think it give us like, a few weeks anyway, just to like go and sauce and then like straighten it out. But uh, hopefully Wally the Wallers can like fucking do something. Like, this is all because of Fungi's gone. Like, if Fungi was here, we'd be grand. But uh, we'll see how that one plays out. And it's now time for the Gaffcast movie of the week. Ba-bum. Uh, movie of the week this week was, uh, I was a bit disappointing now. Um, it was a movie from, come out in like 1994. But, uh, uh, I'd meant to watch it uh, a few times before. I'd seen like bits of it, but I'd never watched the full thing. Uh, starring um, Gene Reno and uh, Natalie Portman. And it's called Leon the Professional. Um, I, it, is, it was a good enough movie, like, but um, see, it was kind of old. And you don't even watch old movies. Like the, the ones that don't age, with the, they don't do well with the test of time. And like the sound effects and that are just atrocious. Like, like I remember like I went back... Uh, like everyone's like, uh, you know, people are all raving on about Star Wars. Like a few people will be anyway. Um, like Star Wars. Um, <laughs> I was like, I better go back and actually like chance on a Star Wars movie. Like maybe it's actually good. Even though in my head I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be shite. But I was like, because remember them new ones are coming out. Like what was that one last year? Oh, whatever that last one was that came out. What'd you call your man? The Dark, um, Darth Vader. I don't know. He was coming back from. Oh, here, like I have a notion about Star Wars, but like that last movie that came out, so. I was like, oh, I'll go back and start it from the beginning. And I'm back to like, I think it was like 1976 and whipped out the movie. And oh my God, it was so bad. It was after like five minutes and like, it was like, they were like firing these laser guns. I was like, Bow. they were like making the noise themselves, right? And it just, well, I wasn't vibing with it at all, so I turned it off. But you'll hear people say that like Star Wars is unreal. I'd say it's probably because like the people that say it's unreal watched it when they were children. Like if you watch that movie when you were a child, Star Wars or something, you probably think it's class now. Whereas you go back to watch it now, you're like, this is shite. Because there's probably a bit of nostalgia there, I'd say. But um, well, yeah, Leon the Professional, um, it was a bit of that kind of, like you'd notice it was an owl movie. Like like Goodfellas didn't come out in like 97 or something like that. And it, it you wouldn't you wouldn't actually know it's an old movie, like, because it's so class. Like that's what the, the good movies are about, I'd say. Um, but like this is like, yeah, you notice that it's old. Anyway, it, it, it was good, and but it was a... So basically, Natalie Portman's like a child in it. And this Leon lad, he's like... Uh, he's like... He's a bit dumb, uh, but he's a savage assassin. Like, he's not well in the, in the noggin at all. He's not the, not the full shilling. Um, and he lives in, like, New York on his own, but he's like a professional assassin. He's savage at killing people. He's really good at it. And her whole family uh, get murdered by this drug gang... And she's like his neighbor, and she ends up moving in with him. He takes her under his wing, and it's kind of fucked up. He starts teaching her how to like be an assassin as well, and to go around doing jobs together, uh, cleaning, as they say in the movie, is the code. And um, yeah, she's really good at it. But it's really good, but it's for, it's a bit it's a bit pervy, like it is. I don't know, like it's weird. Like um, the few scenes in it, I was uncomfortable. I was like, oh. This is weird. Like Natalie Portman, like uh, kind of like just weird. Like, um, 
But I seen him saying that he actually met his wife when she was like really, really young or something like that in real life. Uh, I don't know how, but um, it was a, it was all right. Like it's a, it was good enough now. Um, it was kind of a bit boring at times. Um, but like it was just cool. It was just tipping about New York and stuff. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was one. It was as a movie that was on the old bucket list, so I can cross it off now anyway. So don't let me go putting you off it, but um, yeah, and all right. It'd probably give it now six point five out of ten, which is a uh, yeah, that's kind of mediocre. Ten, that old clock's ticking. About time to say good night. This is the last call for alcohol this evening. So that is all for this week uh, on the Gaffcast, folks. Um, yeah, cheers for tuning in, and uh, you don't forget to follow. The podcast on Spotify or, or on uh, Apple Podcasts and spread the word and uh, spread the spread the I was gonna say spread the love but that sounds outrageous. Um, yeah, keep it real, <laughs> keep it real. Uh, see and uh, see you all again next week for some top quality banter here at the Gaff Cast. See you. Good luck.